you are Locked On the NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, welcome into a Tuesday edition of Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. I'm Wes Goldberg, and I'm here with David Vermill. On today's show, Magic Johnson claims he was stabbed in the back by Rob Palenka. Frank Vogel enters an awkward situation, and tonight the Raptors will try to even the series against the Bucks. But let's start in Portland, where the Warriors completed the sweep of the Trailblazers with a 119-117 to overtime win to complete the sweep and advance to the NBA Finals. We'll talk about what's next for the Warriors in a bit, but David... Do you think the the Blazers should look at this as a disappointment? I know they will. I know that um, they missed a a great opportunity there considering Golden State was facing the number of injuries they did, missing arguably their best player in Kevin Durant, or at least their most well-rounded player. Um, You know, they also had some minor injuries in Game 4 as well to Andre Iguodala. and, And, you know, it seemed like a very good opportunity for Portland to at least steal a game, maybe you know, they were kept a number of these games close, even to obviously tonight an overtime win there. But that was kind of built on some unexpected performances there. Damon Lillard struggled against the defense of Clay Thompson and Golden State in general. They had some, super, you know, Golden State had some incredible performances there. And the reality is, when you look at Portland's season and everything that they've done since the you know Yusuf Nurkic injury. You know, I talked about this last week as well, uh, and Ben Golliver and I both agreed that they were kind of running on borrowed time here, and, and the reality for them was that they were probably never supposed to get this far anyway. So it was, I think, a success story. This season has been an incredible achievement for them to get to the Western Conference Finals, missing a key player like Nurkic, um, and, and for them to be able to push the Warriors as much as they did, albeit in a four-game series, I think was still something you can view as successful on the outside. Now, considering that they've been swept out of the playoffs on two consistent times there, I wonder how they'll see it. Um, You know, I I think they should still... They they were swept three times in a row, I think. Okay. Has it been three times, three times? I mean, either way, look, that's... That's hard to swallow. I mean, if you I can, if you could steal a game here, if you could win in Oakland, maybe even pull out a game three or game four win, you feel a little bit more confident about your ability to move forward. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I, I you know they they really should never have gotten this far in the first place, and I, I think it, it's overall still like I said a success story. Yeah, swept swept by the Warriors in the first round, twenty sixteen seventeen. Obviously, swept last yeah. year by the Pelicans. So, then, so look, I. To make it to the conference finals for the first time since 2000 is great for that fan base and for that team. Especially again, like you said, you get you get embarrassed in the first round last season, right. so you had to bounce back, and they bounced back in in a really entertaining way. I mean, obviously, you had that killer shot from Damian Lillard against OKC in the right. first round, and that thrilling series against the Denver Nuggets in the second round, where it really looked like both the Denver and Portland deserved to win that series, and it kind of felt like both of them were sort of coming up as this next generation of the Western Conference if and when Kevin Durant leaves Golden State, right? And that's kind of what we propped them up to be. But then again, that was sort of the soft side of the bracket. You know, Golden State and Houston were really going at it in the second round in a series that was much more competitive than this Trailblazers series. And look, yeah, you lose Yusuf Nurkic, and we everybody basically wrote them off after that. They got a lot further in the playoffs, and a lot of people thought, other than like Charles Barkley, thought they'd win the conference but um all of that said it's disappointing because you couldn't even get a game and 
it's not like these games were blowouts. It's not like you were outclassed and outmanned. First of all, you know, they were without Kevin Durant. They were without Andre Iguodala in game four. And you blew double-digit leads in three straight games. Yeah. Like, to not get one of those and to get swept this way is disappointing. And I do wonder, like, you don't, if you're Portland now, looking forward to this summer and what comes next and what you want to do with this roster, if you're Neil O'Shea and you've got to make that decision, don't, I think the number one warning is not to get, not to get, um, baited by this conference finals appearance because again you got further than you were supposed to get yes you lost Nurkic who was arguably your second best player during the regular season hmm. um I just don't know that this team is that good and I still have them I, I still think the Warriors are better without Durant obviously they didn't need Durant to sweep them in this series I still think the Rockets will be better next year with James Harden I think Denver might be better than them next year if everything was the same so they're I don't if you're Portland I just don't think that okay. Let's just tweak this thing again, and and try to make it a run. Um, try to make another run at it next year when Durant goes to the Eastern Conference, as everybody expects him to. What do you think? Do you think that they should just try to run this thing back next year? What do you think they got to do this summer? Well, I think they will. I mean, if everything we understand is correct about Dame Lillard and his connection with his teammates and uh, you know his his relationship with that front office and Olshay, I think he'll preach patience and i don't know if that's enough for the fan base although i think they seem to rally around a a leader of this team like you know lillard who has his teammates back who wants to build a championship with this group as its core now that doesn't mean that they won't make changes on the outside but i don't know how many more changes they can make like nurkic will come back do they bring back Cantor? Um, right. You know, can they move an Evan Turner, Turner or Myers Leonard? I mean, I, well, I don't they know have like, much, like they have four All Star centers now. Apparently, between Nurkic, Cantor, Zach Collins, and Myers Leonard, who had thirty points tonight. It's insane. I mean, that was that was a big game from him. I, I mean, I saw the question posed on Twitter. You know, you weigh what he's done over the last two years since he signed that deal versus a couple big games. Does it seem like it's still a good deal? Obviously not. I mean, I thought you were going to say you saw the question. Would you rather start your team with Myers Leonard or Kawhi Leonard? That I thought was a good debate. That's a great radio segment. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a pretty clear answer. Myers, of course. Yeah, I mean, um, he gives you some. He he spaces the floor from the five. Kawhi can't do that, right? Um, what does this say about Golden State, though? I mean, obviously, the question about them is how yeah. much they've uh, shown with without Durant there. Can I but, just can I just say this? I know I, I'm, not, I'm not sure where you're going with this, but I think I knew where you were going with this. So. Everybody is so quick to just blow off the question, are they better without Kevin Durant? Like, oh, of course they're better with Kevin Durant. I'm not going to say that they're they're not... I'm not going to say that they are definitely better without Kevin Durant, but I at least think that it's worth having that conversation. Now, well, I do different. think that it's a different kind of better, right? Better is such yes. a... It's a catch-all. And you need Kevin Durant to beat LeBron James the last couple of years. You need... Only because... And more so defensively than what he does on, even on offense. But... Right. And they're going to need Durant to guard Giannis if it's Milwaukee out of the East. I don't know if you necessarily need Durant to guard Kawhi if they come out of the East, but I think Andre Iguodala, Clay Thompson can do some pretty good work on him. But I I just, I don't want to be one of these, like, if we are so, it seems like all the smart people who like to have the nuanced conversations about basketball are also the people that are saying, of course they're better at without Durant. Don't even ask that question. It's a stupid question. I think it's worth asking because Stephen Curry in these in these four games against Portland, 36 points, 37 points, 37 points, or 36 points and 37 points. 
That's insane. And he didn't do that before. And he was, remember, he was struggling before. Like, we were talking right. about Steph Curry in regards to foul trouble when Durant was on the was playing with him. And now he's the superstar player again. I do think that there's something to that argument. The narrative was when Kevin Durant decided to join Oklahoma, uh, join Golden State after he left Oklahoma City was that he was going to be immersed into this style of play, this pass-friendly offense, this kind of free-flowing movement that was missing there with the the you know the ball handling, ball hogging of Russell Westbrook, but he's kind of taken over the style of play because of his incredible one-on-one skill, and he's marginalized other players like Thompson and, and Curry to the point where they don't necessarily have as strong performances as usually as they did once before they they you know before Durant joined the team. Right. Now in his absence, you're and starting Dr- to see I'm and sorry? Draymond, no, and Draymond too. Yeah, I mean, we're absolutely. seeing Draymond Green flourish now because in those when 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 Durant is on the floor, he's the guy in the low post, mm-hmm. kind of just posting up with his back to the basket, waiting for these split cuts to happen right, off the ball. And that then. used to be once, Draymond's deal. Once he comes back, let's assume he's ready for the finals yeah. against a, a really strong Milwaukee mm-hmm. team or even a pretty good defensive team in Toronto, whoever that is. Yeah. Does he change their style of play? Do they struggle to Do try you, and readjust yeah. with Durant back in the lineup, considering how strong they looked against Portland? I wonder if I, that's going to be a case. I'm glad you brought that up because I, I've thought that right. The, the, I, the idea is that he will be back for the Western Conference final or for the NBA Finals. The Warriors are going to have ten days of rest now between now and the and the NBA Finals. The NBA the, the, the finals start on May 10th. They get a long Toronto and Milwaukee are still at least two games away from concluding that series in the Eastern Conference. Right. We saw the Warriors, how they benefited from a long break from Houston to Portland. Portland obviously won seven games with Denver um, and multiple extra periods in that series. And we saw how more they looked a lot more fresh despite the injuries. They looked a lot more fresh from top to bottom on that roster than Portland did. Uh, we're going to see that again, I think, in the NBA Finals, regardless of who comes out of the East. Yeah, that's a good point. Let's take a break. Coming up next, are we satisfied with how Rob Polinka responded to accusations that he portrayed Magic Johnson? That's coming up next. You're listening to Locked On NBA. Today's show is brought to you in part by Hotels.com. Don't hate like your friend's trip. Book your own with Hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere. Hotels.com. Be there. Do that. Get rewarded. And untuck it. Dads come in all kinds of shapes and sizes, and so should their shirts, like tall, short, slim, and relaxed. Ever wonder why your father's button-ups look so long and baggy at the end of the day? It can be hard for guys to pull off a casual, untucked look that isn't sloppy. That's where Untuck It comes in. Untuck It is the solution that fits just right. Their shirts are specifically designed to look great untucked and feel comfortable at work or on the weekend. No tucking or tailoring required. Go to untuckit.com, promo code NBA, to get 20% off. Tonight, the Raptors will try to even the series against the Bucks, while Giannis will try to get back to playing at an MVP level. We'll talk about that a little later on, but first, it's time for buy or sell. And we'll start it off in Minnesota, where after interviewing a couple of other candidates, the Timberwolves have removed the interim tag from Ryan Saunders, and GM Gerson Rosas will make him their head coach. Are you buying or selling that Saunders is the permanent coach for the Timberwolves? Uh, I'm buying it. Look, I think... Ryan Saunders was the favorite after he was the interim coach for last season. He was a favorite to carry that position on into next season. Uh, but I think they did their due diligence. You know, you did, they did the right thing. They interviewed a bunch of candidates. Jawan Howard from Miami, who was a hot name. Like, they did the right thing. They 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 covered their bases. They ended up back with the, with the favorite, Ryan Saunders. And so I think that's good. It's better than just sort of, 
you know, anointing this guy just because he was there. And we've seen that so many times with interims before. They just say, you know what, you deserved it. Well, no. Do do your due diligence. Go interview some other people. Maybe they're better for the job. And they ended up back at Ryan Saunders. Like, he was 17-25 and 25 as a head coach last year, but it was a weird 17-25 and 25 post-Jimmy Butler causing hell in Minnesota. But um, I think the, the main thing is that he got more out of Carl Anthony Towns. And if you're building that team around Towns, which they obviously are, Saunders and him obviously have a connection. Saunders knows how to get the most out of him. He thrived under Saunders. And so I think more than anything, that's what I think got him the job. I'm selling, to be honest with you, because I hear everything you're saying, and I understand that. But I think that 17-25 and 25 record in that 40-some-odd game stretch is enough for them to have seen everything they wanted to. And if that was the case, why not remove that interim tag right away? Why not make him the ultimate choice? What was any candidate going to come in in a three-hour meeting or possibly in an additional secondary meeting? What were they going to prove that would make them stand out over somebody you've already seen coach this particular team and have a long-term relationship with this group, obviously because of his father's relationship with the team and his own working relationship there as an assistant head coach for so many years? What was going to be the difference maker in an interview process that was going to say, you know what, you're actually a better coach than the guy we've already seen coach this group for 40 teams, for 40, for 40 games. So if, if you're already starting to look for other candidates, and I realize that the Timberwolves are finally starting to get some stability there after a number of years of having Tom Thibodeau there, having some issues, etc., I know you're trying to look for the right voice for this team, but I think if you already knew that right voice was there, why not go ahead and make that choice earlier? And maybe it was a matter of hiring Roses in order to have this process kind of complete the way you expect it to. But at the same time, if you already knew that Saunders was your your most likely candidate, why put him through the ringer of, of seeing him hire other people? We saw we see this situation kind of playing out the same way, albeit a little bit differently in Los Angeles, mm. where a reporter asked today that Frank Vogel, you know, the, and, and right there next to his general manager Rob Palenka, you know, they asked Palenka whether or not. Uh, how did Vogel feel about, uh, you know, having other candidates come in and knowing that he wasn't the ultimate choice for this team? So I wonder if Saunders is a little upset. I mean, again, one of 30 positions, you're happy to have the job. But at the same time, it's a little it's questionable to see it play out this way. But let's move on to Los Angeles. Again, we're doing buy or sell here on Monday. Magic Johnson claimed that the Los Angeles Lakers general manager, Palenka, quote, backstabbed him and talked about him behind his pack. Uh, this was on a, a ESPN show first take. Palinka at a press conference, which was meant to introduce new head coach Frank Vogel, like I said, defended himself, saying it was surprising to hear those allegations and that, again, quote, I've always supported everything he's on that's magic and will continue to. So whose story are you buying, Was I buy Magic Johnson. I think that Rob Palinka did say those things behind his back, but you want to know why? Mm-hmm. Because they're true. Everybody knew that Magic Johnson wasn't working 9 to 5. He wasn't putting in 60-hour weeks on this thing. Like, that's what you see all these guys do that are at this level. They're, they're working overtime all the time. They're traveling. They're scouting. They're doing all these things. Magic Johnson was just too busy trying to get his Twitter unblocked or whatever. Like, it was just... I, everybody knew he wasn't putting in the work, and Rob Palenka is probably sitting, standing in this office being like, I'm putting all this work in. I'm not, not going to defend Rob Palenka, but... He's doing the work, right? And he's probably in the office. He's probably rolling up into the office at 8 a.m. or whatever. And Magic Johnson isn't showing up until lunchtime and then takes a, you know, a two-hour lunch because, you know, he had to meet clients or something. I don't know. Like that – and he's probably sitting around this office and being like, well, if I'm supposed to report to this guy, he's not putting in the work in. 
he's here, you know, a quarter of the time I'm here. How can I even report to him? And so I don't blame Rob Palenka if he did say those things. And I believe he did say those things because those things were true. Yeah, I, I'm buying it as well. I'll be, to be honest with you. I think that Palenka probably had, as you just explained, every right to criticize Magic, to backstab him, and to whoever he was talking to. At the same time, all the things that we've heard about come out since then about the, the failings of that organization, that there are multiple people, all of whom seem unqualified in some regard, offering their voices about personnel decision-making and everything else. It, it seems like the curtain's finally been peeled on what's going on with the Los Angeles Lakers in their front office. We knew for years it's been dysfunctional after the death of Dr. Jerry Buss. His family has been more like a soap opera than a properly run yeah. front office. And now we have to question what's going on there, what the next steps are. And that kind of opens up to another question here. What will this do for this team and free agency? Will this hurt them in their pursuit of other big-name free agents? What do you think about that? I mean, Magic's first take appearance isn't going to hurt them in free agency. I think all the stuff already is going to hurt them in free agency, right? Like, Magic Johnson, were you shocked by anything he said on first take? I mean, I wasn't. Like, it was like... I wasn't shocked, but I have no idea what the purpose is. Is it just to clarify, to clear yeah. his name? Yes. To 100%. what end? He's not going to get hired by anybody else. He doesn't Nobody's care. Gonna... Yeah. Well, He's Magic that's... Johnson. He's a celebrity. He just wants to clear his name. All You know, like, all these celebrities are suing people for defamement and all this stuff all the time. He's just... He's... I'm not trying to take away anything from his success, but, like, that's what he is right now. He is... Magic Johnson just wants to... He doesn't want to do a job. Magic Johnson wants to just go be Magic Johnson and get paid for it. He never wanted to be the president of basketball operations. And he didn't want to do all the things. Like, he probably didn't even read the the job description. He was like, all those bullet points, like, required skills, all these things. But he didn't read it. He was just like, I'm Magic Johnson. I just want to go be Magic Johnson. I want to just smile at these free agency meetings and go get him. And he got LeBron James, so he did it. And then he was done. He was like, well, this isn't fun. And he kept saying on first take, it just wasn't fun for me anymore. And it's like, okay, well... If you want to have fun, go to a carnival. Like, this is a job. And look, I don't blame him if he wasn't having fun and wanting to quit. He's Magic Johnson. He doesn't need the job. He's a millionaire. He's fine. He can go get. He can go do as many commercials and tweet as much as he wants now. But I don't blame Rob Pelinka because, look, also, it worked out for him, right? Because before, Magic Johnson was this barrier between him and Jeannie Buss, and now it's Rob and Jeannie, if you believe Rob. Now, and look, I think there's a lot of other people. There's Kurt Rambis and Limited Rambis, and there's a whole bunch, you know, all these different buses and Rambuses, and it's, you know, it's a whole thing. But, uh, and Palinka's sort of in the middle of it, but at least he has more of Genie Bus's ear now. So I, I don't know that it's going to hurt them in free agency. Um, Magic not being there might actually weirdly hurt them in free agency, but... I think it does, yeah. We, I think it absolutely but does. Do, even when, before Magic Johnson was there, we were wondering, like, are they going to get any of these guys anyway? Right. I, I think that's a legitimate question. We've seen this team kind of slip in recent years. And I, I think all the things that we've seen since then and the dismissal of Magic Johnson or his retirement, whatever you want to call it, I think are, are problematic for a free agent there because you want to go in there. If, you, if at the very least you're going to this franchise, you want to see Magic there. You want to know that there's a connection to an all-time great that I think is beloved and respected by current players. And you want to have that, that sense that there's at least some kind of stability, some kind of connection there. And you know who, is, you know who needs to do that now? Who's that? It's LeBron. LeBron is still there, and he's under contract for three more years. You don't need Magic Johnson because who, whatever free agent was going to sign wasn't playing with Magic Johnson. That player was going to sign there ultimately to sign with LeBron. LeBron at some point, I know LeBron has made a career of distancing himself from the front office. And yeah. he has done it on purpose, right? He wants to avoid any blame for that stuff. I don't know that he necessarily needs to go claim title of general manager now. 
But he needs to, and he said he's going to come out and scout or, or, or recruit guys and stuff like that. He needs to be very open about it. And he needs to say, look, come with me, join the Lakers, and and we're going to go try to win a championship together. The hell with Magic, the hell with Rob Palenka. You're coming to play with me. And that's what LeBron needs to do. Well, good luck with all that because I'm not sure that anybody wants to necessarily join LeBron James at this stage in his career knowing that he's pretty half-checked out at this point. But let's take a break here. We'll talk about tonight's Game 4 between the Bucks and Raptors next. You're listening to Locked on NBA. Today's show is brought to you by Grip6, where their goal is to literally make the best belt that's ever been made. Grip6 is an easy, thoughtful gift for dads, brothers, husbands, uncles, grandpas, moms, wives, ultra lightweight with no holes, no flap, and it carries a low profile with the buckle laying flat against the waist, making the belt super comfortable. Grip6 is the only belt with no holes, no flap, and no bulk. And today, Grip6 has a special offer for you. Check it out at grip6.com slash lock. And remember, to get this show every day, subscribe to Locked on NBA on the new Himalaya podcast app. In an ever-expanding podcast world, you need Himalaya with our personally curated playlists and constantly updated new features. Download Himalaya at your app store and subscribe to Locked on NBA. Thank you to our sponsors, Hotel.com. Thank you to Untuck It. And thank you to Grip6 Belts. Remember to listen to and subscribe to new and archived episodes of Locked on NBA on Himalaya as well as on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. And if you're on iTunes, please leave us a review while you're there. Kawhi Leonard fought through a leg injury that he suffered early in Toronto's win over the Bucks in Game 3. He put up 36 points in 52 minutes after two overtime periods. Do you question if the Raptors relied on Kawhi too much, David? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's been a consistent theme throughout the playoffs. He's been their saving grace on a number of occasions. He's been their only steady con- you know, contributor, and he's been expected to do the, that at a very high level. And it's worked to them for them to this point. I thought that they were going to crumble a lot more easily against Milwaukee, considering the kind of heavy load that he was expected to carry and the fact that Siakam and others were being so inconsistent. So I would I, I would absolutely question that the Raptors have relied on him so much. It's paying off up to this point. But how much further can they continue to rely on Leonard, especially if he's undergoing an injury, knowing that his his whole season has been kind of put on the kibosh, considering, uh, you know, given his injury status last season and everything else. And, and, you know, we've seen him play at a very high level, but to carry that load as consistently, uh, I just don't know that Toronto can continue to find a success, a a way of, of succeeding against Milwaukee, given that Kawhi has been, you know, asked to do so much. And Giannis isn't going to play like that. You know, in every game. I mean, if he he had a pretty tough game in Game Three for Toronto, they needed overtime to get the win. Kawhi was noticeably hobbled on both ends of the floor. He wasn't able to. They, the broadcast kept pointing this out. Not able to shuffle his feet, closing out on defense. Mm-hmm. Um, he made a number of really big defensive plays at the end of the game, but you could tell like, he was laboring through all of it. And you know, you gotta tip your hat to that effort. But there's just, like, when you're hurt, you're hurt. And there's only so long he's going to be able to do that. Um, We'll see what he looks like in Game 4. But if that carries over from Game 3, I don't know that he can go ahead and do that. Uh, They got a big game from Pascal Siakam in Game 3. Like you said, he's been inconsistent overall. You can't really expect that. I know the game's in Toronto. Your role players tend to play better at home. Um, But they're going to need other guys to step up. Danny Green has got to make a shot at some point. Uh, You're probably hoping for another Kyle Lowry game, which is a tough bet in the playoffs. And 19 uh, points for Nor Powell is a great contribution, but you're not going to count on getting that much from him again. You're never getting 19 points from Norman Powell in the playoffs ever again. That's never happening again. Yeah. Wow. So, um, look, it, they they need somebody else to step up. You can't ask Kawhi to do this. 
every night, and depth was a big strength of theirs during the regular season. It hasn't been the case in the postseason. In fact, Milwaukee has had more depth than than Toronto has, and we didn't really think of Milwaukee as a quote-unquote deep team. During the regular. It was always Giannis. It was Giannis everything. Giannis is the MVP. All of a sudden, guys like Brooke Lopez, Nikola Mirotic, Irsan Ilyasova, who has just made a career of stepping up in the postseason. I mean, these guys are just... George Hill having great, great games in the playoffs. Uh, Giannis, meanwhile, struggled in that game three. 12 points on 5 of 16 shooting. Fouled out late, too. Do you expect a bounce-back game from him? Absolutely. I, I think he's always managed to find a way to figure out. Look, he struggled against Boston in game one, then came back and knocked him out in five games. Um, he's been dominant. He was dominant in the first two games against Toronto. I'm not sure if there was any kind of lingering injury issues. Everybody's a little banged up at this point of the year. But I would expect him to have a huge game there. And uh, I, I mean, from Toronto's perspective, you, you talked about their depth. I've, I've seen the question. I don't know that it would have much of an impact. Do you think that the, if OG and Enemy was available, it would be a, a little bit of a, con, a contri- you know con- a contribution for Toronto? Because you know his offense is obviously so limited, but at least defensively, he provides another body that could challenge guys like Murtich and Adekunpo. Yeah, they don't they don't need more bodies who are there. Right. Which is kind of the argument for OG and Anunoby, right? Like I, they need guys who can score. They don't need more. Like Siakam did, has done a good job against Giannis. I mean, as good as a job as you can ask for. Chris Middleton hasn't been lighting the scoreboard on fire. I don't need. I don't think defense has been their problem. I, I think it's been just if you're asking Kawhi to do all of this on offense, well, then now that takes away a little bit from what he could do defensively. Even though if you watch the end of that last game, you'd believe otherwise. But it does over the course of a 48 game. Uh, 48-minute game. So I think they just need more guys to step up offensively, and obviously OG is not going to do that. I've, I've seen the same thing you've seen like on Twitter, like, oh, OG, when's he going to come back? He's going to be a big difference maker. He's not going to be a big difference maker. And if you're if you're asking OG and Unabi to come back and, and save you from being eliminated in the you're conference finals, dead. you're already dead. Exactly. Um, all right, that'll do it for us today. You can get this show on the new Himalaya Podcast app, as well as on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. And when you get in your car... Tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On NBA. Game four, Raptors Bucks tonight, David. Does Toronto tie it up? No, they don't. I think Milwaukee sees Golden State having plenty of rest, and they want to wrap this series up as quickly as possible so they can recover and advance in the finals. 